Welcome to the Sunshine Satellite Story Podcast, mythology mashups and odd apologues for young audiences. I am your host, Amanda Louise, moving you through the realms of malicious monsters, meritorious heroes, through the practice of real and imagined magic, shining a light into the darkness and conjuring something meaningful out of chaos. Welcome back to the Sunshine Satellite Story Podcast. We're at Chapter 10, and if you've made it this far with me, I want to tell you how thankful I am for you. I know this is a lot, a very long story, and I really do appreciate you sticking with me through it. All right, so Chapter 10. If Moiety had understood exactly what her problems were, we could say that she had been running away from them. However, the princess was only just now learning to call things by their right name. The tsunami that resulted from lighting Odin's scroll of poetry on fire washed the misandrous mermaids away, but it also flooded the entire island. The weight of the giant and the anchor inside of her was pulling her down despite the scroll's magic ability to provide some buoyancy. Job's Leviathan has been tasked to carry the princess down into the deepest part of the ocean to confront her final dragon. And our quote is from Ellie Weissel. When a person doesn't have gratitude, something is missing in his or her humanity. A person can almost be defined by his or her attitude toward gratitude. What is this place called, Moedi? asked Leviathan. We have traveled up the river Gjol to the headwaters of Elgamir in the Nephelheim realm. Nephelheim? Moedi asked, picking one of three words she did not know. The frozen mist, the valley of the shadow of death, and the land of the dishonored dead. The river Gjol is the current flowing through this trench, the heart of the Nephelheim. It is a boundary between the living and the dead, and here, at its headwater, Hevergamir, you will meet your third and final dragon, the worm Nidhogg. Leviathan exhaled a breath of light, and Moiety watched the seafloor continue to creep down under the wall. What does this mean, she asked. We are at the base of the world tree, and nearby are the gates of hell, Listen with the light of Odin's poetry scroll. Moiety grew quiet in the darkness and for a moment heard nothing, and then peacefully a still, small voice reached her ear. It was a quiet command coming from the current directed to the fires just below the surface. The seas have lifted up their voice. The flood lifts up the pounding waves. Hitherto shalt thou come, but no further, and here shall thy proud waves be stayed. When sorrow of death encompasses and torrents make you afraid, walking through fire, you will not be burned. The flame will not set you ablaze. So it was the peace in the current song and not the water itself that was holding back the hellfire below the surface. There is more that is born in a birth than a baby, more than sound that is sung in music, more than oxygen that sustains the breath said Leviathan. And more than the wetness and water that quenches the coal, Moiety finished the dragon's thoughts. 
Moiety and the dragon continued to follow the trench against the current in the darkness. Soon Moiety began to see what looked like thick branches and fallen logs suspended in the current. Moiety saw more branches as they traveled. The branches moved fluidly with the water. They were not, in fact, branches. This was an underwater thicket of loose hanging roots. She was impressed at how massive Leviathan was able to lively maneuver through the underwater canopy. As the Leviathan slowed his pace, Moiety was able to get a closer look at the roots. New tendrils were sprouting off from larger ones every second. Each one ended with a small loop encircled by a larger loop. The tendrils were very small, but they grew quickly. Moiety was able to feel a warm, grateful vibration when she touched them. Intricate as coral and more so, Moiety could see that only some of the roots were free-floating in the water. Most of the roots were knitted up in complex and creative looped cables like sailors' woolen tunics of the far northern islands. New root systems joined old root systems to make a new design, and old root systems split apart to follow new paths. The whole system was a living, moving, changing canvas of decorative knots. As vibrant as it was, something was not whole about the root system. Some of the roots were blighted and flaccid, uninvolved in the dancing momentum of creative growth with the system. Some sections were ischemic and coming unraveled. Moiety held up the scroll for a closer look. The roots appeared to be roots. They had thick places for storing nutrients and circular grasping tendrils for anchoring the plant above. What are they? she asked the leviathan. They are people's gratitude. The leviathan slowed a bit so that Moiety could get a closer look. The body and soul are afloat on the surface. Their roots of gratitude grow here, anchoring them to immortality. So the roots are gratitude? The body and the soul is the person itself. The roots are the subterranean representation of the person. They are strengthened in gratitude. Humans are as much a natural resource in the world tree as water and soil itself. People are created for a purpose, and each individual has a purpose. That purpose is fulfilled according to the strength of their root. To each one is done according to their measure of faith. It takes faith to believe that the universe is abundant and already provided you with enough. Therefore, gratitude is preceded by faith. Just as plants are not stronger than their roots, people are not stronger than their gratitude. Something big was in the water nearby. Moiety could feel its vibration in the water. Odin's scroll of poetry began to glow brighter and steadier as the presence grew stronger. The tube worms withdrew themselves protectively inside of themselves, and the roots of the world tree recoiled in revolt. The presence was close. It seemed to surround them, filling the entire trench. Leviathan exhaled red light. Moiety could see what looked like a dark, prolet chamber inside of a glassy white orb. She and Leviathan were perfectly reflected on the wall of the chamber. Moiety could see how large Leviathan was next to her. Her bedchambers would not fill the dragon's chest cavity, and its head was larger than the chameleon's whole extended body. Leviathan exhaled another flash of red light. The darkened chamber reflexively shrank to a third of its original size. 
It blinked, closed, and opened again. Moiety waved the scroll light in front of it, trying to get a better look inside. In the scroll light, it appeared to be a window, but the light that was inside of it was a dark, dark darkness. It was an eye. Moiety recoiled and tried to get a perspective on the entire animal. The head flowed congruently into the rest of the animal's body, which was a long, thin, segmented ribbon entangling itself throughout the root network. She could not see the end of the worm's body. It extended far out into the distant blackness of the immense trench, but the segmented pieces appeared to become less friable, stronger, and thicker toward the distal end. Its face was a reflection of pure filth. The nidhog advanced its quaggy head gracefully smooth as silky snot. Moiety could now see that it had four gaping eyes arranged equidistantly around its circumference. It encircled the pair with predatory affection. Ooh, a juggernaut carrying a jar of clay. Not every day do I see this. What's inside? Treasure or dead man's bones? The Nidhogg's voice was a slow, sucking sound. It had only talked to and about itself for millennia and was not about to change its habits for a guest. Delightful. It is female. Let's find out if she is a fool. There is no more delectable way to rise and fall in the world than being a foolish little girl. Ah, yes, beauty and foolishness. What a delicious disaster. When the Nidhogg spoke, Moiety felt cold indifference to her surroundings. Her mind flickered drearily, not knowing what or why. She dreamily tightened her grip on the scroll. Leviathan kept Moiety out of snatching range. Why wait for the serpent to strike when it's already rattling its tail? The Nidhogg sensed the Leviathan's prudence and went back to sucking on the roots of the world tree, always watching her with one of his four eyes. Moiety watched the wave of peristalsis start at the Nidhogg's neck and roll down the length of its tangled body. "'What is it doing?' Moiety asked the Leviathan. "'Why does it wonder, I wonder,' wondered the Nidhogg. "'Would it not rather simply watch and absorb? "'Why would it expend its resources generating something new "'if it could consume what already exists?' A batch of braided roots fell limp as the Nidhogg finished with them and slimed itself into a new patch. "'We're doing very important work here,' the Nidhogg said to himself. "'The world tree is miserably infested with the fecundity of humans.' "'Our duty is to keep the humans from overrunning the world tree, "'and we do it right here at the base of the tree, "'sucking gratitude out of their souls.' "'How does that work?' The less gratitude they have, the less freedom they have, and the more they will fall in line to the metronome of materialism, nihilism, and narcissism, and then finally, the easier they will be to control. They will bow down to every new false god in the queue. As their convictions corrode, their spines will slump until they will tolerate every sort of abomination. The only thing intolerable will be intolerance itself." The Nidhogg finished another braid. It fell from his mouth, a misshapen chaos of well-seeming forms. He never made eye contact. He continued to a fresh patch. And once we have a generation that is ever always pursuing the amorphous promise at the rainbow's end, not knowing that it is the rainbow itself that is the promise, 
we will have a boxed generation, completely controllable. They will work in boxes, live in boxes, travel in boxes, eat out of boxes, and entertain themselves incessantly with tiny little glowing boxes. All their information will be fed to them from boxes. No more growing in stature and favor with God and men. Every man will keep his head down. <laughs> that could never happen. It is true, the Leviathan agreed. Leviathan never took his eyes off the Nidhog. The Nidhog could strike in a breath. If people recognized the abundance that they already have, they would take their eyes off themselves and notice each other. They would notice the stars. They would simply stand up, leave their slavery, and go home to their families. If only we could sterilize the human virus. But no, the ancient edict, be fruitful and multiplies, stands as a law of the universe. We must be content to restrain its ferocity and creativity. We have failed in our efforts to disinfect the tree, so we must focus our efforts on regulation and management. So thanksgiving in all circumstances symbolizes human freedom? No, it is freedom, the Leviathan said. People with gratitude will not be controlled. They play and abide. They refuse to credit themselves for their successes, and they will not blame others for their failures. They cannot be easily stressed, for they have an ability to see the worm's efforts for what they are. The worm buried its face in a tangle of roots. Peristalsis rolled down its length. But if you were trying to protect the world tree, why are you sucking the life from its roots? It seems to me that if human gratitude is the root of the tree, then humans must have a symbiotic relationship with the tree, and you are just a common parasite. The Nidhogg finally addressed her. Silly child, this is only one of the three root systems. You know nothing. Mortals dare not question titans. We are the ancient malice striker. We are the god of consumption. You are just like us. What is that negative pressure in your chest? Your heart is a black hole. It will never be satisfied. You can never get enough of what you do not want. And with that, the Nidhogg locked the darkness of all four of its eyes on moiety and struck. The Leviathan dodged with mercurial flurry, whipping his body in between the striking worm and his small princess. She startled, dropping the scroll. The darkness settled in, but even worse, the suction in her chest jolted back to life. Moiety clung to the leviathan's back. All the world was cold and violent movement. A rushing current flowed all around her as she gripped onto any hold she could find on the leviathan's armored flesh. His scales fit perfectly together, and she could not find a place to hold onto. She fell to the ocean floor and settled on the silty trench bottom in an unbearable pressure. In consuming coldness. The Leviathan was drifting in the current. He had absorbed the full wrath of the worm's killing strike, and its injected malice was quickly draining his own gratitude. The Leviathan fought hard to right himself against the whelming depression. He knew the time was short. His mind could only maintain Moiety's vitality if he could stay connected to her, if he could maintain a sentiment of putting her interests before his own. The malice strike was weakening his resolve to do so, but still he fought. The bottom of the trench was still slowly flowing into the abysmal fissure in the earth's crust, and Moiety's body, like a tumbleweed, was flowing right along with it. Moiety called for the Leviathan. Her chest was burning with negative pressure. It was seeking something to consume. The muddy silt was freely flowing inside. 
the Nidhog could sense an opportunity. He would be delighted to enter into the princess. He might have to share the space with some other spirits, but the Nidhog had no doubt that he would be the majority of the Legion. He imagined the influence he would wield with the prestige of owning his own human body, and not just any body, but this one was heir to a kingdom. The Nidhog began to unwind his segmented body from the tree roots to allow for a smooth entry. Thank you for listening to this Sunshine Satellite Story Podcast. This is an original story by Amanda Louise Van Stratum. All rights reserved. For more original stories and poetry, including links to purchase text copies of my books, please visit me at sunshinesatellite.com. If you've enjoyed this story, please let me know by leaving me a review and rating in the comments section. I hope to hear from you soon.